Hey, welcome to the Pink Parlay. It's your fine ass host, Molly, and welcome to the show. You know I gotta thank my listeners, right? And I appreciate the people who are actually listening to my shows, are understanding my messages, and it's just taking it like that. But you got these weird ass motherfuckers that's over here trying to like misconstrue me as a person. You feel me? Like, for example, I had a friend, right? Gave her a piece of my mind because I didn't appreciate the weird shit that she did. I'm not even going to get too big into that little story, but she just did some weird shit and I uh, addressed her about it. And she like, oh, I thought you was a spiritual person. You all up on your podcast talking about you spiritual this and you spiritual that. Like, and that's when I knew, bitch, you a hater. And that's why I don't follow you. Fuck you. <laughs> but thank you for those that's like, because like, let me just make this clear. Yes, I have a strong mindset now. Yes, I believe in myself. Yes. However, if you got me fucked up, I stand strongly on respect. Bitch, you will get beat the fuck up. Stop playing with me. Like, shit is not a game. I really come from that life, for real. So, yeah, I don't know what people thinking out there. But just to clear the air, putting it out there right now. Yes, I may be a little spiritual, but I'll still whoop your ass. And anyways, moving on. I know it was Labor Day. I thought I was going to be outside with my pink parlay shit, make LA great again hat. I really thought I was going to be doing all that. And um, I got sick as hell. So y'all probably can still hear it in my voice. I'm literally sucking on a cough drop right now. Like just trying to keep the cough down while I'm recording. But yeah, so I'm going to smack it and it's going to cough drop. But yeah, um, I got so sick, y'all. Like I'm talking about flu. Uh, I got a heat rash. I ain't never had no heat rash like this before. I had a heat rash like all over my neck, shoulders, face, like chest. So I've just been going through that and now the shit peeling. So like, it's just, it's looking nasty for me. So I have not been feeling that pretty. So no, I did not get to go out this weekend, but I'm sure I will next time. So definitely will be outside. Um, And also, you know, I have people coming for me. So I'm I'm seeing now that I'm going to have to repeat a lot of things that I've said in previous episodes because there's uh, people was coming for me for the Make LA Great Again episode. I said, you know, I refer to homeless people as an infestation. But, however, when I say these things, I was once homeless too. I've stayed in shelters. I've had to go to shelter programs early enough in the day so I can get my spot so I can have a cot and a place to lay down in the, you know, because usually it's like in a huge, like, warehouse or stadium, whatever. So, I've been through that life, you feel me? I've had the free little breakfast they give me in the mornings, take a little shower and, and leave the shelter in the morning. So, I've been through that lifestyle. So, if I make a comment about something sometimes... It's, some, it's not always opinionated. It's really like I've lived that life. So I've seen it with my own eyes. I know. And I've seen it up front and close and personal. And then I'm talking about fitting all. I have a couple friends who I, I finally got in contact with one of them. Thank God. I thought he was fucking dead for real. He finally called me yesterday. But, you know, he's kicked the drug. And I'm actually thinking about putting him on the show. But, um, yeah, like I, I another friend of mine, I thought she, we were really close. And like now she's just somewhere on fentanyl. Like she ain't fucking with nobody. That's all she do is do fentanyl. So I've seen it spread amongst my friends too and how addictive it is and really what it's changed, like how it's really changing the person. So when I say all this shit, best believe, baby, I done seen it up close and personal with my own eyes. So this is not a bitch that's just babbling on, making shit up. No. Like, I could really say, like, this shit is facts, because I see this shit in my face. So, yes, on today's episode, since, you know, I was sick and everything, <laughs> you know, I wasn't even able to record nothing and really lay nothing down. So, guess what? I was able to write me a little something, and I was truly inspired, because one of my friends came to me, and he said something so amazing to me that no one's ever said to me before, 
but you know, obviously he was congratulating me, my podcast and stuff like that. He said that I was always a dope person, but you always hung around bitches that didn't fuck with you like that. And when he said that, I was like, my mind just exploded. I said, bro, that was some of the realest shit ever. And in fact, it actually inspires today's topic. So roll up if you smoke, if you'll drink, if you drink it, if you gotta be sober, then just listen to this realness I'm finna give y'all, okay? Oh, I'm actually gonna read this one, y'all, because, you know, I wrote this one on the little blog or whatever on WordPress. A wise friend of mine told me that I've always been a dope person, but I've always hung around women who genuinely didn't fuck with me. When he told me this, my eyes opened, and now I realize the women that have been in my life has always tried to dim my life. I had to think back as early as my childhood to where my creative star qualities were always mocked and never encouraged. When I was a child living with my father, this was different. My father felt all his daughters were stars and would put us in talent shows where we won a couple of trophies for having the best performance. Things fell apart when my sister forgot her lyrics on stage and the embarrassment left us all frozen. Shortly after, I moved with my grandmother and in her household, she cared less about talent or me shining in any form. I remember my grandmother and I were shopping at a high-end grocery store in Santa Monica. I, being a very animated and goofy child, was joking around with my grandmother, and I remember a poised Caucasian woman observing me with this sort of interest. Eventually, she approaches us and she gave us her spill about how she scouts talent and how she feels I had what it took to be a star. I was extremely excited. I was always a hustling and ambitious child who loved money, so anytime I saw dollar signs, I was on it. I remember standing in long lines, anxiously waiting auditions. I believe we were doing an introductory audition, meeting the big talent scouts who would interview us diverse children that were scouted from various parts of LA. After a long day of waiting, it was finally my turn. I had no idea what to say. I've always been the nervous type, but I did all of my best not to show that shit because that was it and this could be my moment. So of course I flashed my beautiful Colgate smile and was upbeat and energetic. I don't remember what I said, but I do remember I put smiles and laughters on the judges' faces. I remember my grandmother never commenting on if I was good, so I felt that maybe I didn't do well and I wouldn't go further in the casting call. To my surprise, we received a phone call back from the agency and they wanted me to come into their agency and sign me. I did it, I was excited, but I noticed others in my household weren't. In fact, I seemed to be the only one excited. I remember the snickering from my grandmother and my aunt and they were like, hmm. She's going to think she's all that if she becomes a star. I remember going into the talent agency office and filling out a shit ton of paperwork. I was given my first mini pager to start collecting all my business messages and I felt like me and that pager was going to take over the world. I remember my pager going off a couple times and when I would tell my grandma it was a call, she would always turn it down and would never follow up with it. Or she would persuade my young naive mind and convince me that no one was interested in me. And sadly, I believed this, and I never looked into being an actress again. I remember during summer vacation, school was out, so I would go out with my grandmother to her in-home care patient, whose house was a daycare. That worked perfectly for the both of us because she was able to work and I was able to meet my new friends and play. I ended up clicking with a group of girls who were all my same age. I remember we would make fake performances or even would listen to hip-hop songs on the radio and pretend to be video vixens. I remember one of my funny performances being me taking a piece of paper and writing the area code 310 on it and taping it to my shirt and dancing against a kid's basketball toy set as we listen to area codes by Ludacris and Nate Dog. 
Eventually, I figured we were all talented, so why not make some money out of this? And we started our own R&B group. I wrote the song, and the other girls put the dance routine together. We had everyone else's parents proud of us, except my grandma. She was the only one that had nothing to say about our performance. And this made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And I don't think I ever did a performance like that ever again. I suppose I'm attracted to people that dim my light because that's really all I ever know my whole life. By the time I was an adult, I just knew I was a talentless woman. The homegirls that were the closest to me also did the most to betray me. I had two friends. One who I actually met in a group home. The other girl I met through her. They were the hood rap party girls of LA. They were even in a party clique, which at this time in LA, that was major to your popularity. So with that, they were definitely popular and had way more friends on their social media accounts than introverted me did. I remember I was dating a guy and overall to be as young as we were, he was a decent dude. He was a provider and I really liked him and appreciate all that he did. I posted him one day on my Facebook and come to find out they knew of this guy, but they were never no connections or relations. They were simply just neighbors. I had a conversation just to make sure everything was cool and my friends swore they wasn't tripping. So I continued to date the guy and guess what? These bitches start embarrassingly blasting me on Facebook with the whole LA who didn't even know me chime in on this and everyone was roasting me. -uh. I was called dusty, was teased about the way I dressed and people said I looked like I shopped at Rainbow and I was mortified. I honestly didn't even know where this came from. Me and the guy did break up mainly because of this incident, but you know, we're still cool to the day. In fact, shout out to him. He was the one that ended up paying for that sign. Remember I was talking about that backdrop? He paid for it. So shout out to him. I remember how jealous my one beautiful ex-friend would get. She is a party girl in LA and she has something I lack. Like she has some good dance moves, I ain't gonna lie. She fucks it up and she's extremely popular in LA. I felt this girl had more than enough attention surrounding her. However, I've always had a quality in me that lit up a room and stole the show. And I can't even dance. So imagine that, how stupid she would look, right? My friend, however, got really jealous of this. I remember how hard she would shake her ass whenever a guy would talk to me. She even did this when there was no music on, y'all. Talk about thirsty. Like, bitch, what are you doing? Like, you literally dancing to no music just because you want to take the attention from me so bad? Like, you look stupid. And she would love secretly telling guys that I was a hoe, that I was dirty, and to not fuck with me. And of course, they would always come fuck me, but also tell me the shit that the bitch was saying. Mind you, I only know how to be a good friend. When she didn't have no money to get her car fixed, I offered my man's dick to her and he paid her $300. At the time, I dated a 60-year-old man who was an architect for the state of California and she sucked and fucked my old man dick for that $300. Then she still bashed me for being a hoe. We fell out after my tummy tuck situation when she blasted me for getting the surgery and delusionally claimed I was trying to look like her. Mind you, she's never had children. So how banging is my body that I have a bitch that ain't have no kids feeling threatened? And what's funny about this bitch, right? Tell you why I was up in Stars. Shout out to Stars. They closed now, but I used to be one of my favorite strip clubs for real. But yeah, I was up in Stars. Guess who I see talking to an old man all up at the bar and shit? You know how the strippers be trying to get their little money out their little trick. Motherfucking this bitch here. So I, it was so funny, right? She had to get on stage. I was just smirking at her like, yeah, bitch. I was just so, I was so happy to see it. And she looked so mad, but she had to dance. Did nobody throw no money at her or nothing. She didn't have not one dollar on that damn stage. So I thought the shit was pretty funny. And it's like, yeah, look who the hoe now, bitch. 
Having these friendships fall apart the way they did left me feeling worthless. I couldn't help but to reevaluate these situations like these in my mind. Like, where the fuck did I go wrong? And it's that question right there that has been eating at me my whole life. I could never figure out the reason. Even when my two friends tried coming back into my life, they can truly admit I did nothing. Yet, what triggered these reactions from these women? I am just now figuring out what the fuck was wrong. It's not that I'm talentless, ugly, can't dress, fat, and weird. It's the fact that I'm full of talent, I am beautiful, I can dress myself nicely when I care to do it, I'm fat in all the right places, and I have an amazing and enjoyable personality that people love. I am weird, but the good weird. Good weird meaning I am intelligent, with a vast imagination, so I can think to levels where the basic mind doesn't go. And most people truly don't understand my thoughts. All my life, whenever I came up with a great idea or a project, I would seek validation. But every time I do things, I make people quiet or they give me a very dry response. When I would excitedly gush to people about my ideas, this dryness will always discourage me and I would always feel stupid for being such a dreamer or thinking my ideas were genius. Even when I was developing the pink parlay, I had all these ideas, topics, aesthetics, and most people really doubted me. But I'm a new woman now. I realize my worth and I believe in myself. And I'm seeing how my thoughts come together in an episode or even in a photo shoot. I realize that I am a genius and possibly even a trendsetter. Most people are afraid of being different, especially nowadays. 99% of people want to do what's comfortable and stick to what's in, but it's the 1% of people that start the trends. So the 99% of people follow in our steps. I've been so fearful of cliques of women because I feel every time I was with a clique of women, I would always be nervous. I wouldn't even know what to say. My mind was filled with self-conscious thoughts like, I'm weird, these girls aren't gonna like me. To make matters worse, the traumatic memories from my old female friends made me fearful to build close relationships with women. However, that was how the old me thought. This is the new me. The new me is no longer allowing my past traumas to dim my light. I've let the lack of support and the cruel words I've heard all my life make myself believe what people were saying of me. Instead of letting the validation of others persuade my dreams, I am believing in myself, believing in my dreams, and I am seeing now that every damn thing I've been doing with the pink parlay especially was unvalidated until I did it. And now I have people loving it. To all my creative, imaginative, brave, entrepreneurial people, it's time to stop letting the dullness of people's minds to discourage implementing our dreams. To all the beautiful people out there with pure, beautiful souls, be careful who you let get close to you. Be careful who you pour your heart into. When you possess these innocent qualities, you become the 1% of people in the world. The 99% of other people are so fucked up, they don't even know how to handle a person of this caliber once you are in their presence. Either most people will hate on you, or people will become a fake friend just to mooch off of your amazing qualities. The cool part about it is, they're usually smiling in your face the whole time, so you don't even notice the knives they are digging in your back. I am now embracing my 1% mentality, and I plan to take over the world. Going back to my core, I realize now that I was born a star. The only thing that was stopping me was the haters dimming my light. I am here now, being a 30-year-old woman, believing in myself, and I'm going back to everything I dreamed of doing as a little girl. I've done singing, acting, writing, dancing, and was never pushed to continue in it. And it was shut down before I could even have my light. 
I don't know how many of these doors I may open on the Pink Parlay, but I am happy I have a space where I can share my thoughts and showcase my talents. So far, the love I've been receiving feels so good, especially from a person that's never received it. In fact, I believe I had a girl really excited about me. I think, honestly, like it's indescribable to explain. Um, it, it's like people are excited to talk to me now. It's a different type of excitement though. You know, like especially the ones that's been listening to my show and they really fuck with my material and they're applying it to their lives and you know, to make their lives better. Like, you know, it's it's almost like, a, like I have a fan, like an admiration, a true love for me now. And oh my God, I'm about to start getting emotional. Um, when she was she was so excited to um, see me, you know, we were on FaceTime. She was like so excited, right? And um, it was a feeling of love that I'd never experienced before. But I didn't even know if she was being funny or, you know, being sarcastic or, you know, mocking me. So I kind of looked because I was so stunned. And she probably thought I was just like, wasn't feeling her excitement or something or thought she was gordy. But in my mind, I was like, are you showing me true love like is this what that is like wow it, that feel it just felt so good like to feel like I matter to someone finally after all my life feeling like I didn't matter to anyone so like again that's why I appreciate you guys so much and I say it every fucking time I appreciate the love so fucking much from you guys like you don't even understand and you it just feels so good to me for real i've been crying nothing but happy tears you feel me so you know like sometimes i'm sorry y'all if y'all really showing me some real love and i'm just kind of looking like blank maybe trust me i have a lot of emotions going on in my mind so you know i'm just i guess adjusting to this better lifestyle me being a podcaster and y'all really fucking with me so you know definitely different and it feels nice and i want to keep going and with that being said now let's put a stop to letting the hater dim our light and now it's time for us to glow the fuck up. Go ahead and pursue that dream you want to do. As long as you believe in yourself, your idea, and you are passionate, your idea is going to take off for you. All right, so that was the end of my blog. If you guys are interested in checking out the blog, please, I need some support over at thepinkparlay.wordpress.com. Welcome to Play Parlay. It's your sexy bar. It's your host Molly, and today we are playing again. Hey y'all, I'm back with y'all playing the play parlay, and we are playing again. Let's get deep. So, like I've explained before, I'll be taking a card from each one of the decks, one being icebreaker, the second deck being deep, and then the third deck being deeper. And then I'll just be answering these questions at random and just, you know, keeping it real. So, we have the icebreaker deck <laughs> and it reads who was your first celebrity crush okay y'all my first celebrity crush was bow wow now this is where everybody was just crazy over bow wow like i literally was obsessed with this boy I had his posters all over my damn wall i just thought he was the finest thing back then like it's so crazy though like how he fell off as an adult like how like, women loved him way more when he was young. Like, when he came an adult and just, everyone just stopped fucking with him, he was short and it's just like, I kind of feel bad for him. Like, that's fucked up for Bow Wow. But, yeah, that was my first celebrity crush. I currently have a celebrity crush, though. Like, and 
don't know. Y'all probably didn't see me post this girl. She's Dominican as fuck. No, I don't understand what she be saying in Spanish at all, but I do listen to her music. I fuck with it. And when she does speak English as well, so I think that's when I really connected with her. Because I've been already listening to her music, right? Before I even knew the bitch spoke English. So then she ended up having like an interview and she was just so open about her fucking life. Like she's just such a dope person. But her name is Tokisha. So Hola. yes, uh, Tokisha Popola, um, Instagram. So when I post that girl, like I'm so in love with her. Like it would be a dream to have her come on this damn bar. Like, like if I make it to a that level where I want to be and I'm like can interview celebrities, she's definitely, I would love to interview her. I love a bitch that's just authentic and real and just, she's so beautiful to me. So yeah, there's that. And next we have the deep deck and it reads, uh-uh, have you ever had an STD? So y'all, um, I did have an STD one time. Um, remember that fucking stalker neighbor I was talking about, the weirdo? Yeah, we wasn't talking for a little minute. We fucked around. I swear to God, like a few days later, bro, I just wasn't feeling good down there. You know, like I felt a little sick. I felt a little overheated. Like, you know, my coochie's always warm, but this month, like, I felt a little bit more warmer than usual. And I didn't want to have sex either. Like, I just was like, mm mm. Like, I didn't want to masturbate, nothing. I just knew something was wrong. And that's when I got tested and kind of find out I had chlamydia. Um, also, I had messed around with a couple of guys around that same time who were newer to me, and I really didn't want to believe that it came from my neighbor for real. So I was just like letting them know, like, hey, I just found out I had chlamydia, you know, you might want to get checked out, you know? At least I was a real bitch about it, you feel me? Communicated with the partners around that time with me finding out, and they were clean. So then it only left my neighbor, and of course, he was the one that had it. He was the one that gave it to me. Um, I'd never spread it to anyone else. Um, I knew about it right away. I'm very woke about my body and I just really pay attention to myself and my body. Like I know when something ain't right with me and I knew someone's right with me and it wasn't. And yeah, um, I definitely got it, it taken care of. But yeah, um, and then after that moment too, that's when I stopped fucking with niggas for real. Like I think after that moment right there, I was like, I'm about to just stick to being an escort and strictly stick to it. Like, I don't even want to talk to no other men. And like, that that was one of the reasons why. I was like, what the hell? I, be I messed around with this man for free and then he burnt me. That's stupid. I could just use a condom with a trick and get paid. So yeah, that was my experience with that. And next is the deeper deck. It reads, how often do you think about sex? Okay, so before the pink parlay, I used to think about sex damn near like 100% of the time. Like literally like my whole brain capacity would be about sex. I still think about sex because, you know, I'm still like a little nasty oh, freaky really? thing. But um, I really don't think about it as much because like the pink parlay has really been keeping my mind occupied with, with in my opinion, better things. So, yeah, but I still think about sex a lot. Um, but I don't like really like watch porn or I don't really do too much. I think a lot of times it's just a thought. Lately, I've been really thinking about, like, fucking with girls, though. Like, for some reason, um, I don't know. After doing, like, really doing these episodes, like, I don't even know if I want to be with a dude. Like, I don't even know if I like dudes. Like, I've really been, like, really thinking, like, I started fucking with bitches. And I, for sure, remember calling myself a lesbian. And I think I just let society and the my mean grandma talking about, you know, bad about gay people. And I kind of, like, forced myself to kind of get into dating guys. And I guess it kind of just kind of was working that way. But I've been doing sex work. I've been fucking with so many different men, so many different types of dicks, so many different types of guys that, like, 
fucking dicks. I think I got that out of my system. Like, it's not even that exciting no more to have sex. Because, you know, I've changed sex into a career. So it's literally like, when I have sex, I'm going to work. So, you know, like, that's not literally how it feels. It's like, all right, like, got to do what I got to do. I'm going to work. <laughs> so, and then I go to work. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but, yeah. So, we're going to wrap that up with the Let's Get Deep. I hope y'all ears enjoyed this realness. I'll catch y'all on the next parlay.